I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peed. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Who are you? Why do I gotta talk to you? You can find us on CLNS Media Daily Thunder.com dash radio at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or of course, anywhere you subscribe to your podcast or watch us streaming the podcast live on YouTube on our Frypod tripod. I am Luke! Joined this morning by Andrew. Slam through. Taylor. I'm going hungry. I'm going hungry. I'm going hungry, going hungry, yeah. I'm going hungry, going hungry, yeah. Slam through. And Jay. Hello. Good morning. It's Jay. Uh, Jay is here via hologram right now. Yeah. I recorded this last week. Jay is in. uh, To be a part of this. Jay is in South America. Where in the world is Jay Smith? Jay Smith. My name. Have I ever talked about how? Is your name Jason? No, just Jay Smith. And I hate my name. You do? I don't love it. Why? What do you, you want it to be? Well, yeah. I don't hate oh, it. Okay, okay. okay. It's okay. just so simple. Like, there's you never can... been a president named Jay Smith. Not that I'm running for office, but that's always how I gauge a name. Like, that's how you could be the Calvin first Coolidge. One. Calvin Coolidge. Yeah. How much cooler would my you yeah. think I am? My name was Calvin. Co- okay. Yeah. If, if you could, would you rather have any name? What would it be? Uh, I, say, I just said Calvin Coolidge. Let's rename you. Hey, so my middle name is Ralph, in case yeah. people don't know that. So I could actually go by J.R. Smith. I know. But there's a way, <laughs> there's a way cooler guy named J.R. Smith. Did you not Smith. know that? I, <laughs> I've never thought about it. There's a way cooler That's guy so named cool. J.R. Smith that the Thunder yeah. are going to get this offseason. Yeah. You know, I have I have not been here. The last time I talked about Thunder basketball I know. with anybody but... My friend Chase was uh, when we talked after game after, one after o- o- at Oklahoma Shirt at Company, Oklahoma Company when they were printing the shirts that we couldn't talk about. Oh man, it's uh, been a wild ride. It's not been a wild ride. It's been a really terrible ride. You know, I left the country. Yeah, at the exact perfect time because sure the Thunder Dame Lillard hit that shot on Tuesday. I got up Wednesday morning and flew out of the country. So I didn't, I missed. 90% of the hot takes. I wanted to. Hey, you know what? Watch. Honestly, the thing is, everybody asked me, like, how, what did you think about that shot? I thought it was awesome. Like, it I was. Thought, <laughs> I thought. I was, wasn't even mad when it went out. I, was like, I wasn't I, either. Okay. I, let's go home. My feeling was relief. I'm not, I did, I'm not going to go that far. That's how I felt. I'm not going to go that far. That's how I felt. Still yeah, feel that Andrew's, way. Andrew's behind on his self-care. I'm totally behind. Anything bad that happens to him, he just feels relief from it. <laughs> so I didn't feel relief because this Thunder team, like what they did, and and now we're bringing up something that happened, you know, a week and a half ago. But it feels um, like five months ago. I know the long. It's going to be 
This is the worst part about going out in the first round is it's like the off season just takes forever. It's a long time. We haven't so, had the draft lottery yet. I'll say this. I think if the Thunder would have won game five, who the hell knows? Truthfully. Like, they played. They played really well. They played the right game. Yeah. Just blew it down the line. Like, which is fine. Like, whatever. It's over at this point. But it was like, Dame's shot was stupid, and it was not a good shot. Paul's right. But they won because Dame was on fire. He was the best player in the entire NBA for the first round of the playoffs. Do you have faith that that team would have played like that again sure. in Game Six? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Okay. Because you just don't know with these guys. <laughs> I think when they, I, I, and I said this the whole freaking series. Yeah. When they started figuring out how to go small quickly, like change the whole dynamic of the game, mm-hmm. they gave the the Trailblazers fits, and they just should have gone to it earlier. It's one of the largest issues I had with Billy. Is it was like, oh, game. Five, yeah, or game four is when he figured it out in the last eight minutes when they're down fifteen. My problem is they played five different games and looked like five different teams. You're right about and that. And that's where I'm like, what what are they going to be in game six or game seven? Like I, I just that this version of the Thunder I just would not trust in a game seven. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they could have put it together, but I just wouldn't. I wouldn't have trusted that they would have shown up in the right way. Yeah, I just it did feel like it was trending that direction because Paul George was without a, a doubt the best he was all series in that last game. Yeah. Like to get him confidence, everybody else started playing better. Like that game 4 was the most. That's what I told somebody. It was like, "How do you feel about tonight?" I was like, "When they lost game 4 so poorly, like I just it was kind of over for me." Like you just knew it. It was like you couldn't show up for that game, then it's over. Yeah. So and I, I know you all have talked at length about what are the problems, what's going on, like what would you do. Mm-hmm. It does feel like Billy will be back um, unless Billy decides he doesn't want to be back. I know you all talked a lot about that on, uh, I think it was Dream Team. It's, mm-hmm. it's If Billy wants to come back, he's probably going to be the coach next year, which yeah. I don't love. It feels like they need something needs to change with this yeah. team. Yeah. And... Some of the problems are it's either Russell Westbrook or it's coaching. And so also injuries play a part of it. Like we can't ignore that. Like we can't keep ignoring that, that Paul George was once an MVP candidate and then was a shell of himself Yeah, for um, the month and then the playoffs. So like we can't, we can't ignore that. I don't think we can completely lean on that. But Russell, no, had it's to, a weak. It's a, it, it feels so weak to to say those things, right? Like it does because everybody's got injuries. It's Every, like yeah, but but do they have? Nobody has Paul George at half the player he was, right? You know, but still, it doesn't answer the question of consistency, of like why they were so inconsistent throughout the whole season. And Here, so, like that needs to be. That's been two seasons in a row. With Paul George and Russell Westbrook. 30% of the season is just a disaster. It needs to be, that question needs to be answered. And I talked about this last, I tweeted this last night because you, you watch some of these guys playing right now, the load management stuff. It would be great if the Thunder could use load management for Steven Adams and Paul George next season. Absolutely. Don't play them on back to backs. Don't, you, and what you have to do for load management is you have to be good. Yeah. That's how you use load management is, you kill a team, you're up by 20 in the third quarter. Hey, Paul, you're not playing anymore tonight. Hamadou, you're playing. You know, right. like that's how you do, that's how load management works, is that you have to be good. And, and, I, and I just, 
I, they have to be good against the bad teams. Sure. Like they were at the beginning of the season. But to be fair, I think one of the reasons they couldn't do that is not just them being good. It was because when Alex left the team. The depth, yeah. They just had no wing depth, or at least wing depth that they trusted, right? Mm-hmm. Billy trusted Nader in part until he really couldn't couldn't anymore. You know, um, I, I still, I, I don't get it. I don't get why Diallo... I, Diallo wasn't great in certain moments, but there are there like you can in in games that are kind of these low energy games like giving Burton and Diallo minutes like I don't know how that could hurt you any worse than the team they're putting on the floor like yeah. that's the stuff that doesn't make sense to me is like you look at some of these guys like really Deontay for sure because he was hitting threes for the team yes. like that could defend relatively well he's like, the it, guy it didn't make sense to me to why he didn't even get a look yeah. in some of those big and I'll tell you this I was listening to. Uh, the low post was Stan Van, which was awesome. Fantastic. Stan Van Gundy. Speaking of names. He's a name. He's the best. Speaking of names, like if you were going to talk about, well, if you lose Billy, who are you going to bring in? I wouldn't hate them going after Stan Van. Oh, I thought you were talking about just cool sounding names. Well, also presidential names. President Stan <laughs> Van Gundy. God. He could president J.R. Smith. Of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, but he. So, one of the things that Stan Van was talking about. Yeah, is, I think Stan Van could actually be president. I'd vote for him probably at this point. Uh, but it's one of those things with, with, that he was talking about with Brad Stevens in Boston. Is he? He told the story about how he always tried to match Avery Bradley with. Was it Kyrie? No, it was Avery Bradley with whoever. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. But he was talking about how he's trying to match the, their minutes together, and he said one of the things that Brad Stevens does is there is no norm as far as who gets what minutes on a night-to-night basis yeah and that's that's one of the if i was going to give you my biggest critique but it's funny is it's the same critique i would have given you about scott brooks yeah it's the same one billy donovan he donovan tries different things but man once he gets kind of who he likes and who he doesn't i think that to me the nader thing was we lost alex we need a shooter like flat out we need a shooter let's let's give nader an honest try to see if he can be the designated shooter on this team. And he wasn't horrible all the time. He was not a great shooter. I don't know what he ended up shooting. I don't want to look it up because that's a lot of effort and energy. But it, never, it was never consistent. He, he's just not good. Yeah. At least today. Ralph Nader. Okay. Welcome back, man. All right, you're muted again. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, to me, that... And I don't know that to be true. Like, I haven't ask anybody if that's true but to me that seems what it was like because Presti talked an awful lot about Alex Sabrinas in his press conference and about how he didn't have a contingency plan for him and I think that they tried to make Nader that 32 percent yeah that's not good enough no not for the the volume that they probably want from him no, no no yeah I mean that was the the most intriguing thing about the Presti interview was probably the conversation about the depth mm-hmm. and him taking the blame for it, you know, and Presty, it's, you know, you're never going to get a real like straightforward answer. Cause he's a very politically kind of the way he talks is always around the point. Um, but and also you can't, you can't be so direct if you're him because right. like you have actual relationships with these players. Yeah, right. And I think a lot of people just don't like everything is connected there with that organization, with the players, with the, there's not like front office, players, coach. Like it's all one thing. Yeah. It's all connected. And so just like 
you wouldn't go badmouth somebody within your organization if you were doing a press conference with people. No. You know what I mean? Because you even, have to maintain even the, relationships. Even if right? you thought that they were doing a bad job, like you just can't you can't do that. Well, you think about the Russell Westbrook comment, right? Right. Yeah. Do I wish that Russell did some things differently? Sure. But I wish you guys knew who Russell was. Yeah. The way I know Russell. Yeah. It's like Well, that's Russell's fault. I know. Well, I know, and I get yeah. that, but it's also like him kind of protecting yeah. that relationship. Sure. I love Russell so much. It's like when I do – this is a weird analogy, but it's oh. when I do pre-marriage counseling I'm really excited with about couples. Yeah. And one of the things that we always talk about is is how do you – you know, balancing critique with compliments. You yeah. Know, and not in the sense that – it's not a 50-50 split, right? You need to make sure your compliments and affirmations are, you know, like 80-20. But one of the things we always talk about through the thing I use is like always – it's like the sandwich technique. Compliment sandwich, Andrew, yeah. you're a wonderful person. I wish you didn't treat Barry Trammell like crap. Andrew, have I told you how much I appreciate you? But triple doubles. <laughs> yeah, but triple doubles. <laughs> it's like, Russ, sometimes we love the way you lead this team, but stop being a jerk to the media. Yeah. But we love the way you also do triple doubles. Right. <laughs> Russ, you're the best rebounding guard of all time. You take the worst shots early in the shot clock off a dribble, but you're, you're leading the league in assists. Yeah, that's how we. That's that's, that's how you, how do you it. have to handle that. So that's so when you think of Sam Presti's interviews, think of them that way, right, Taylor? Yeah, but also I was thinking about you know, <laughs> oh no, you know, my husband's really mean to me most of the time, but God, he brings home a lot of money. <laughs> Man, he brings home a triple double amount of money, <laughs> and uh, I can't, you know, we can't take that for granted yeah, around here. And so. I think a lot of people, I mean, Russell is beloved. Throughout the organization, he just is not nice to the media. So here's know? so at Mike underscore Dowdy, who I don't know he is Doty. he with Doty is he with w, uh, Sports Animal? Yeah, man, he's awesome. He's the best. Uh, he's a good Twitter follow if you're not following. Him. Anyway, but he best. asked the question: Freaking How do Doty? How do we get over being upset, frustrated with Russell Westbrook? I haven't I haven't yet to find an answer. So here's the thing: the playoffs were so embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Which and, I think the team needed, to be honest. That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. Is this the thing? Because last year, the t- last two years, we had a built-in excuse and a built-in reason not to assume that it would repeat itself. Right. Two years ago was the Russ Westbrook show. They played Houston. Houston was a better team without question. And and also, like, and they, they added Paul George they, the offseason. Well, and they killed the team when Russell was on the court. And then the, when True. he was off right. the court. Oh, so it's Samaj's issue. Oh, this is a Samaj issue. We get a backup point guard. We're good to go. Yeah, bring in Paul George as well. That helps. And then the next season, it's the mellow issue. It's the mellow. Oh, we get rid of Carmelo Anthony. Everything's going to be better. And it proved true. For the first 70% of the season, the Thunder were the second best team in the West. 38 and 20. And I'm not saying that as a homer. I'm like consistently NBA people that know what they're talking about thought the Thunder were the best challenger to the Warriors They were in the awesome. West. And then they turned in an absolute garbage. And they were not awesome. And there's no excuses. And, and the depth excuse is bullcrap because your players, uh, it, it matters, but your players that were there were there, right? Please don't use injuries and depth as your excuse. Look, at, do what the Trailblazers did. I mean, like look and say, hey, we blew it and hear about it all year. There is mm-hmm. no way that Russell Westbrook is staying clear of all of the garbage. Honestly, if you're, if you're a about. Thunder fan, you want people to just trash Russ and the team all summer because you want those guys to hear it. Because I don't think Russ is as 
I mean, a lot of people are just riding off Russell right now, and they just want to talk about his contract. Like, the same thing with John Wall, which is probably more warranted because he's, like, injured, and we don't know who he's going to be. But when the conversation shifts to, oh, my goodness, his contract. And we're doing the same thing with Steven Adams right now. Oh, his con- uh, $25 million, Are you kidding me? It's $40 million for Russell. Which is funny, because Steve, Steve was not a good thing. Steve was good to great in the Trailblazers series he was i thought he was bad really i thought he was bad to worse really <laughs> yeah i did not think he was dude good. he was bad if ennis Cantor could finish games and steve couldn't that means steve no ennis out, out, outplayed him man. dude the uh, he was not steve, good. how is that steven on the list steven on the list of not because number one the trailblazers don't have any other option yeah i know but like if that's the case, then shouldn't Steve have dominated? They went small at the end of the game, though. They went small at the end of the games. That's where they started finding well, they, their success. The the they, had, they had to do it. Yeah, well, when they had to figure out what it was doing. Yeah. To blame. I'm saying, like, maybe he wasn't great. I thought was Steve was fine. I think Steve was like 25 on the list of issues this team had. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. On the issues they had against the Trailblazers, Steve was not even in the realm of me thinking about him being a problem. I, w- I would say he was. With what? Not being a good player. Like, what area did you not feel like he was good? I didn't. I even, when I watched those games, there wasn't one minute where I was like, "Oh, what is Steve doing?" Except for one play where he he was Mo Harkless scored a, a shot on him. He's not, he was not effective. I don't I don't remember him being effective outside of game one on either end. Like, I don't. When did was he? He is the third best player on the team, and you don't see his imprint on the game. Yeah, it's just hard for me to assume that. Here, with, Jay, with, I'll say I'll say this. They didn't have Nurkic. They have Ennis Cantor and then Myers Leonard coming off the bench, Zach Collins. Steven Adams is the most talented center on the court. Not even should close. The Blazers not yeah. have, should the Blazers not have had to change their offensive approach because Steven Adams is there? Or defensive approach because yeah. Steven Adams is killing them. I, like that should have been ex- the case. They couldn't I, exploit the matchup at I all. I just think that is, not at all. that is a weak, weak move to blame Steven for that. Steven has exploited has exploited an Ennis Cantor matchup over and over again in the past, and he couldn't do it it at all in this series. I just think it's really weak to think that's on Steve as much as it is on. They threw the ball to him; he couldn't do anything with it because everybody was in the paint. Because they couldn't, they literally could not shoot them out of their defense. He was, it was a lot of it was one on one, Jay, and the only thing Cantor can do defensively is guard one on one. Like we're watching him guard Jokic right now. Like Cantor, it's. He's not that much of a minus when it's one on one. The he's problem not with that, he's is not a, that good. He's not that bad. He's not. The, I Stephen. I don't know. I just can't get to the point where I say Stephen was good in the playoffs. Uh, fine, and he I'll, wasn't I'll a take, problem. I'll take back the statement of being good, but he wasn't. Literally, like I said, he was so low on my list of who I thought was the problem for the Thunder. So I'm just to saying, say that it was anywhere outside of the perimeter. If there's mm-hmm. any responsibility outside of Russell Westbrook and Paul George, I don't see it. I don't see it. Ferguson, fine, whatever, Grant. Those guys didn't get shots until the third We saw Steven's potential in the first 50% of the season. He was awesome. He was that guy. We haven't seen that guy, really. And if he was that guy, which we know he can be, he was not even close to that guy in the playoffs. Like, not even close. Remember we talked about him as a potential all-star? Yeah. Like, that's the guy that I'm talking about. Like, he should have been against that that team. Nobody was that. Okay, but I'm just saying, like— Paul George should have been that, too. Paul George is hurt. I mean, you don't. I mean, we don't like. We also think that potentially Stephen Adams had stuff going on. Like, it's part but of the wear can, and tear of the season. But we can still blame Paul. I, that's where I like. Steve, Stephen 
he's a great dude. I just thought he was not good. He's a he's a huge part of that last thirty percent of the season not being good. Sure, because he wasn't good. I'm just saying he was not even in the realm of my thinking when I watched that Trailblazers series as part of the problem. Yeah, you're not going to win that game if it's Stephen Adams gets thirty five post touches. Like you're not going to win that game. Not I'm not saying you're trading needs, threes. I'm not for saying twos. he needs post touches, but it does say something that the Blazers close games with Ennis and the Thunder decided not to close with Stephen when he's their third yeah. best player. It does yeah. say something. I, yeah. I mean, I have I, I could walk down this for the rest of our podcast, and it's not worth doing. There's lots of reasons why the Thunder would have to do that, and part of it is because they don't have an identity. They didn't have an identity on offense. They could not figure out what the hell to do. And to, that, for me, it's like where I get really frustrated. It's like, dude, that's not Steven's fault. That's not his fault. Like, And how had Steven – his whole defensive play and what they did to him, and it, Stan Van brings it up again, is, is the biggest problem of switching these days is when you switch a big onto a point guard mm-hmm. and you give up offensive rebounds. It's like, you know what Kander's doing whenever that happens is he's rushing to get the offensive rebound. Like those are, mm-hmm. the, those are the issues the Thunder had, and they just didn't adjust. Like my issue with Steven is, is part of it could be personal, like he didn't do it. I don't think he's, he's especially in that series, was ever put in the position to be successful. Like maybe a few post touches, but Steve is very kind of he's, – he sometimes can be good at that. With a guy that can physically match him and knows a little bit about his move, he's not going to be as good at that. So what's, the dif- so what's the difference between him at the beginning of the season when he was killing dudes and then now? Because it, it's the same defense. It's the same offense. It's the same stuff. <laughs> For the Thunder, same stuff. Thunder and – I feel like they had a better identity early. And I felt like when the Thunder, especially in the, the, that run where they were shooting lights out, is the teams teams defended the Thunder differently. The Portland Trailblazers made a decision. Now, that 30%, I don't know, the whole team was trash. Everybody was awful. I so think Steven I was a big part of it. It could be, but so so was Paul George. So was Terrence Ferguson. Shot, I'm not saying that no one else is teams. to blame. I'm saying that Steven is on the top five sure. list of reasons yeah. why they lost the in series. In that season, he was not top five. <laughs> reasons he lost the series <laughs> the thunder lost Jay, the name, series yeah can you name five can you name five other reasons why steve i mean you could number one everybody is to blame everybody didn't play well okay okay so there's 15 yeah so okay, you <laughs> billy billy russ paul george are your three and the difference is maybe he's top five but i would say that 80 percent of the blame falls on those two guys can you blame paul george yes he was horrible in the first four games what, or, he not injured? horrible, but I think you can blame his shoulders. Fine, injuries mean you don't blame, you can't blame him, I guess, or put him not blame, but it's put responsibility on him. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough. There was never, there was literally almost never a moment when I looked and said, "Oh man, if Steve would have played better, the Thunder would have won." Yeah, I did that though. When in the the first game, I thought he was good. Every other game, I did not think he was very good. But you thought if Steve would have played better, they would have won the game. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know why I can't think that. I don't get it. How does he change the game that much? Because Steven? Portland has because no he's centers. The, he's the Thunder's third best player. It should have been a matchup they should have exploited. Yeah. It should have been a matchup that they could and should have exploited. They're playing Ennis Cantor, Myers Leonard. Like, Give me a freaking break. Like that should be, and that's you on should, Steve. You should get fifteen to seventeen points from him. He got opportunities. He missed a ton around the rim. He yeah. missed a ton around the rim. I get that, but what I'm saying is there was never a game where I thought when they lost that I thought, oh Steve, that's Steve, that's on Steve. 
I didn't say the whole thing is on Steve. I'm saying that he's a reason why. I don't think I don't think Steve playing at an all-star level overcomes the way Russell Westbrook played in three of I mean, the can four you losses. really blame Russell Westbrook for this series? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So he's that's that's one. my only thing. He's Maybe I just didn't one. pay attention enough to Steven because I was so frustrated with Well, I'm not saying I'm not even saying he's the number one reason. I think I agree that it's Billy Donovan and Russell Westbrook take a, the bulk of the blame, but I just don't think that Steven is blameless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was fun. He should be. He should be better. He's the <laughs> if he's the third best player on the team. Would Would anybody argue that that he's not? I would probably argue that maybe he's not. Maybe he should be. He's paid that way. I think Grant's the third best player on this team. <laughs> Jay, what argument? Is Jay, happening? what is this argument now? I think Grant is the third best player on the team. So, hmm. so is you okay? I mean, I I do. I'm. Sorry. You think he's the third most talented player on the team? Maybe. Wow. I mean, there were talks of Stephen maybe being an all star. No one ever talks about Jeremy Grant like that. That's that's a horrible way to think about it. But yes, I get that. Why? That's because true. Grant, but Grant, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Grant, but Grant's position is a little different than Stephen Adams. I just think so. Grant Grant was the number one three point shooter on the team, percentage wise. Right, Grant defends. He's not. He's not as good of a positional rotational defender and all that stuff. But I just think Grant. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just watching and it's recency bias. But looking at that series, Grant was a better player. Like he was. Oh, God, in this after series, I agree. game one or two was the most consistent player on the floor. No, I I agree with that. Jeremy Grant was really good in that series. Jeremy Grant's really good. I think he's the fourth best player on the team. We're just arguing. Uh, at, you know, apples and apple seeds. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, you know what I'd like to argue about? Anthem beer. I want to give you guys oh, yeah. a, give you guys a second to cool off. Uh, they are the real deal. I'm always talking about their incredible beer selection. Golden One, Arjuna, IPA, Ouroboros, Ryder IPA. Some of the incredible, one-of-a-kind beer creations you can find only at their brewery taproom, 908 Southwest 4th Street in Oklahoma City. But I want to tell you some of the things that they're currently doing. They just released their super fancy apple saison available everywhere, available at their tap room. Go by to have yourself a treat. It's very, very good. They've got some fresh threads there. Get some Anthem Brewing clothing and taste a delicious beer. Uh, you guys got to check them out. It, uh, they've got food trucks there at the tap room. It's great. Check it out. They're the best. Support those that support us. Anthem Brewing Company. Good, tasty beer. Last thing about Steven, that I do wonder if it's affecting him. Because he, in that last 30% of the season, he shot 30-something percent from the free throw line. I think and a lot I of think it's his, low management. He was, like the what, he was like the number on the whole NBA who's like... One of the top ten like minutes played, I think. I, he plays I saw. too many minutes. He plays a ton of minutes and load management at the end of the year, which he's is on Billy. Worn down. Luke, did you just blow Andrew's load management point? I just, yeah, I did. Yes. <laughs> um, Steven didn't. He took eight free throws in the playoffs. He took eight, and he shot thirty-seven percent. And to me, that might be affecting his how aggressive he is at trying to score the basketball. Yeah. He also got eight shots, six shots, six shots, eight shots, 
and 14 in game one. And I think, but my point is, I think that his he's not as aggressive on the offensive end as he was during that point in the season where he was killing dudes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, that could absolutely be part of it. I I still think to put much of the blame on him is kind of unfair. But I'm not putting much. I'm not putting much of the blame. I'm just putting some blame. Some blame. I'll give him some. Everybody takes blame, right? Except for Burt, Burt, like the guys that didn't play. Deontay. Ray Felton didn't get blame. I thought Ray was fine. I thought Dennis was fine. Dennis was fine. I thought in his role, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame Jeremy Grant. I thought Jeremy Grant. Was I good. think the issue, and this is the issue the Thunder are going to have to deal with, and and I, Presty alluded to it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a big that can stretch the floor in today's NBA, you're in trouble. Agreed. Like you're in trouble, and that's that's one of the issues facing Stephen Adams is, and that's the issue with Ross. Like this team is mm-hmm. is a little bit of a throwback, man. Because if you can defend a team by playing off of your perimeter guys, like you're just in trouble. Yeah, I mean, even look at the Rockets right now in that series; they can't play Clint Capella at all. Draymond Green is good again, and Clint Capella can't stay on the floor. And the Rockets do. So so much more with Clint Capella than I think we realize. Yep. Like running screens oh, and, yeah. and just running around and being well, their, at the their rim. whole game is that lob game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just yeah, that him being there. And you can see how much that's throwing them off when he can't play there and you can't and he can't stretch them out at all. And not that they need to trade Steven for a stretch big, but they need to have a stretch big that that you feel like you can play. I, yeah, you either do that or you you get quicker and more confident with throwing Grant out there at the five. Mm-hmm. And I think in stretches, yeah. I think in str- he did fine against Cantor for the most part. Yeah, he did. Like that's, that's the thing that was, that was impressive to me is it's like, if you can, if you, if you can get away with it, if you can get away with it, you need to go to that more often. Yeah. In my opinion, like I just thought, I thought Grant at the five, you it's just a, saw the whole court open up. It was a, yes. And that's what, and that's the argument for the Kevin Love deal is yeah that, that is that is what the offense looks like all the time. Yeah. Well, and I I think you look at it and one of the things that we kept we've lost since the I can do what I want season, mm-hmm. which is the last time Russell he shot what thirty six percent from three or was it not even that high in the playoffs? No, in this the season. The, oh yeah, thirty five something like that. percent. Yeah, but what you saw that year is the thirty four. I think Stephen Adams rolling to the rim on the pick and roll was like a focal point of the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has disappeared since. Yeah, and one of the reasons is because Russ, it, well, and Russell's shooting has gone down. They both can't it. shoot. Yeah, and so what yeah. happens is if they do a pick and roll, all you do is go under it and sink to the basket. Yeah, that's all pack, you do. Pack the paint. Yep, and yep. so it's just cut down. So one of those guys has to figure out how to be a more effective shooter. I don't know if Russ can relearn. Or you run that same deal with Paul. Yeah. And you have Russell run off the ball. Once again. And they were doing more of that whenever Paul was in his MVP mode. My, th- my thing is that Russell had to make a shift after Paul got hurt. True. And the team had to make a shift, and it destroyed them. God, that is so. that is exactly what happened. That Denver game... When Paul, something happened on the screen where he separated his shoulder or tore something, who knows what it is, mm-hmm. changed the whole course of the season. It changed everything. Because they were finishing games with basically just the ball in Paul George's hands. And teams are going to guard Russell no matter where he's at on the court because they don't know what he's, he's going to do. 
You can't leave him open off the catch, even if he's not great. You, that, to me, is the... If the Thunder are going to be successful, that's the ultimate identity that's going to lead them to success, is that Paul George is going to be the main guy. Like, he is the, the offensive yeah, hub. that has to switch this, this season. Now, the hard part is, is I think Russ... So here's what could be encouraging, is Russ is going to have a whole summer mm-hmm. of hearing how trash he was and also not having twins. Mm-hmm. Not that that – obviously don't place the blame I mean, he still has them. He but you know what I'm saying. Like, but he gave birth. Like, I mean like he was – it didn't feel like he did much because he was tending to being a dad and a human mm-hmm. being and like taking an offseason until – and I don't know what his workout regimen is, so it's filling in blanks. It's unfair, and I get that. But mm-hmm. surely, if you're going to take a season and and do something different, I hear you talk about T.J. Warren, who spent the whole summer last year shooting 500 three pointers a day. Mm-hmm. It's like, is there a way that he can be more intentional with the way he trains this off season to be different next year? And it's unfair in some sense too, because there were large stretches of the season where Russ was playing some of his best basketball. He wasn't shooting incredibly well, yeah, but he was. I mean, he's, you said it multiple times. He's going to make an All NBA team. He's going to make the All NBA team. Yeah, he's not, not that bad. And not like just everybody of the triple double statistics, right? Like, like everybody really acts like Jeff Teague was better than him this right. year when they talk about and it. And that's the hard. It's part. like give me a break, dude. Like just, just stop. like it's too much. It's too much. Like I understand, like you not being happy with the way that Russell played. Fine, valid. He was not great, but. To act like he's a a guy that needs to be traded, that needs to be gone. Okay, like let's let's recalibrate a little bit from there. It's just the it, we've gotten to a crazy point at the and I and I get why I totally get why and fans should be upset, but I think that there are there are some crazies out there that are pushing too hard. Now, if if I've talked too much, uh, but it is this. I wonder is there a part of it like if Russ just responded differently would things be different in what way in the sense yeah. of like coming off the floor and being like interview just saying i didn't play well mm-hmm. and i take that that's on me and that's I'm, a part of it certainly instead of just you know and i guess his his uh season end interview whatever it is mm-hmm. i guess he was more kind of in exit that, interview yeah, exit yeah. interview. he was more in that frame of mind for that but yeah and the way that it's been explained to me is that when Russell's in a competitive mode, he can't just shut that off and yeah, go to media mode. Right. Yeah, but he can shut it off when he knows that like there's no game ahead and there's nothing coming. Like he can, yeah, I can shut that down. Let's talk. And he he was he was great, and he's he is great on media day. He talks and laughs and answers questions, and he's great at exit interviews. Both because there's it's not a competitive environment. And so I think that Russell just crazy. just can't turn that off when he's he is still has those competitive juices flowing, which sounds like such a gross thing to have flowing. <laughs> but if he, I just feel like he just doesn't he can't just turn that off. Like Dame can turn that off, and then he can go in and and separate himself from that. Same with CJ McCollum. Same with Paul George, honestly, and Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. Like all those guys know how to do it. I just think that Russell just has the inability to just to change on. Just like that. It's a pretty nuanced approach to understanding Russell Westbrook. and like, Nobody ever talks about that, where it's like, oh, he just has... And Russell, the reason he's been so successful, and what I'd say against all those guys, 
as he plays more with more intensity. He wants to right or wrong, right? And he's got to else. he's got to shift his thinking because he wants to win as bad or like he just wants to win more than anybody else on the court. He really does. Like he honestly does, and he thinks that he's doing the right things. And he's when not. He shoots those threes. That he's are got terrible. so he's got to make some adjustments, and they've got to. And I know, like in the talks of like nobody talks to Russell, nobody you know tells him what to do is just wrong. But if they can get him to understand, like if you can not take off the three or off the dribble threes, if you can cut out some of these jump shots, if we can distribute the ball a little bit more to people and get these types of shots. Like, that's how you win. And when you play with more control, that's how we win. And and Sam Presti talked about it. This was an emotional team in the playoffs. And Sam said emotional teams are easy to beat. What do you say, emotional versus inspired? Yeah. I thought that was good. And so, and he, it's a shot at the team. That was a shot at this team, that they, are way, they were way too emotional. And then Russell Westbrook is the leader of that. And... The thing, like some people, some people believe that people don't change. I think that's just bullcrap. I think that people change every day, all the time. Uh, it's it's true. People don't change. I think that Russell has an opportunity this summer to rewrite the narrative. Like Russell Westbrook's career is not over, and it's not being written, and it's not done. And so he has an opportunity. Will he take it? I have no idea. But he has an opportunity. I think this conversation is really good. I think you guys are knocking it out of the park. Slightly, right slightly better than the Stephen Adams one. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Stephen Adams. Just I know, clear. and I'm realizing as I say most of the things, like I don't, the thing is, and this is why I say it, I just didn't really pay attention to Steve because I didn't yeah. feel like he was that fundamental of that series. He, but because he wasn't one of the top three reasons yeah. that the team lost. I get it. Like I totally get it. But if you went into the series and said Stephen Adams only averaged 11 points per game, you'd be like, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm never surprised. Like if that. you don't if you don't notice Stephen Adams very much in that series, I think that is a sign that it was a problem. Hey, I was looking at Russell Westbrook's stats while you guys were talking about that. It's so funny because this season has been seen as like his worst shooting season ever. Mm-hmm. It's really statistically really similar to the last five years. Yeah. The only thing that's different is free throw percentage. Mm-hmm. Like. His three-point percentage, he still ended at 29%, which is 0.8% different from last year. Yeah. And the only good year he had from three was 16-17 uh, when he shot 34%. But yeah. everything else is, like, really, really similar. Like, it's the same production-wise, except for free throws. Yeah. He shot way better from two last year than, like, two almost, yeah, two percentage points better. I mean, two percentage points. That's yeah. a lot, though. Yeah, field goal percentage like but, that's a lot of shots. But like, yeah, but like, look at the prior years before that. He shot the same as what he did mm-hmm. this year, pretty much. Right. I mean, it's just right. it's just not as as wild as everyone's talking about it. You yeah. know, wild. you know what's you know what a hilarious stat is for Russell Westbrook is that he shot a career high percentage from the free throw line in the playoffs. He's never. He's never. What do you like? Eighty percentage. He's not shot better than eighty-eight point five percent in the playoffs ever. That's wild. That's hilarious. He still only got to the line five times though. Kind of sucks. Yeah, he did. It's the getting to the line for him that's that's just been difficult. Right. Yeah. Hey guys, you know what's been difficult? Getting to our Twitter questions. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter questions. 
Our first Twitter question comes from at Trust the Void, who wants to know, does Perk turning into a dick make <laughs> the rescinded Tyson Chandler trade even worse? Yeah. Why, just because the physical anomaly of that? I don't think he actually – oh. I think he's – I think he's got a uh, – I think he's being a jerk. So Perk – Oh, it's a miracle. Perk is probably telling the truth. He's telling his truth. <laughs> is it probably a better have our truth. a better way to say it? Because I don't doubt that Kevin said that to him. You also have to remember Kendrick Perkins was not on the team that season. He wasn't there. He wasn't on that team. You also got to think the Thunder. When Kevin Durant was on the Thunder, he was telling a lot of people what they wanted to hear. Everybody. He told everybody he was going to stay. Yeah. So yeah, he was. He was telling everybody what they wanted to hear that season. And if you think a guy's going to stay, you're not doing all the things. You don't have to do all the things. You think the Warriors did all the things for Steph Curry? Probably not. Probably not. They didn't have to. Same with James Harden. Same with Russell freaking Westbrook. They didn't have to. And so to like go back and say the Thunder didn't really appreciate him, like give me a break. Like they put they rolled out the red carpet for him for that free agency pitch. They did all this stuff in the arena. They did. All these things for him. They had Al Horford's agent on the line, ready to call, and, and he was going to commit if Kevin would commit. Like, give me a break that he wasn't appreciated. Like, that is it's stupid. And I don't doubt that Kevin told Perk that. And now Perk's saying it on TV, and it makes him look bad. But, like, use your head, Perk. You got a brain. Use your brain, man. I don't think that that's the issue. That was not the issue. The issue is that Kevin has... A lot of voices in his ear telling him what to do, telling him what he should do. That's why he is in Golden State. That's why he's going to leave is because he's got a lot of voices that he's trying to listen to and trying to please. He wanted to win a title. He wanted to get that out of the way. He thought it would fulfill him. Obviously, it did not. He thought the situation would be the best. It's Yeah, they're the best team, but it's not the best situation for him. And he has to justify that. And he has to figure out ways to to squash the thunder and he probably did tell perk that and perk you know did the wrong thing in believing him basically yeah i i also think that perk is just trying to be a media member and get a job because listen to these two tweets that were back to back last night from perk yeah this can't be the same search that i've raised defensively come on search get your mind in the game jesus christ next next tweet I'm starting to think Toronto was better with Jonas. Agree? Yeah, oh, he's such re- a bad take. Yeah, he's really trying. <laughs> he's, trying. <laughs> he's just trying. I don't think he's – I think he's just going for it. Yeah, it's not going well. He tweeted a lot. What about that – I mean, you listened to the low post with him, right? No, it was a Woj pod. Yeah. He's just trying to break it into the – he wants to be a coach. Oh, my gosh. But he doesn't want to be specialized for bigs. He wants to go and coach. All players. Oh, good luck. <laughs> good luck, Kendrick Perkins. I didn't realize he spent his last season in the G League. He did. Oh. He did. He can go be a G League coach. He I'm could. sure somebody would The like Blue that. would take him. No, they've got a pretty good. <laughs> Especially not now. Mark Dignall. Be an assistant for the Blue, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be an assistant for the Blue? You can make 40 k a year, man. be awesome. <laughs> hey, guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Old Dirty Math. Who wants to know, on average, how much in advance do you all purchase your Mother's Day gifts? 
Um, uh, like uh, a week? A week? When? Well, here's a question. When uh, is Mother's Day? It's a week from Sunday. It's next Sunday. Okay. Not a week early. It's still You still have time. I'm saying I do You it. have until Sunday for it to be I do it early. about 24 hours early. Because people are like, so, it's tomorrow. What do you got? I'm like, nothing. And that's when they jack up all the prices when, on yeah. like Friday, Saturday. You go out and you all the things are in your face. Like, oh, great. There's all the things. But then you're paying like 25% more than you would have. And all are the cards have been picked over. What? 25% more? Yeah, why not, bro? It's called, Is that it's real? called price gouging. It's yeah, illegal. Dude. It should be illegal. It should be illegal. It is it illegal. illegal. I, 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 hey, I did that on purpose. Oh, you didn't want Taylor in your way? No, I wanted uh, Taylor to see how Eskimo Joe's cup. Hey, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So Andrew's in the same place that I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you too. No. Do you do, do you call, <laughs> never mind. So buying your mom and your wife something is yeah. a, is a, is a mm-hmm. puts a lot of pressure out there. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Do you do more than like uh, who gets more? Oh, ooh, it's a grudge match. It's a gr- mom versus wife. It's just different. It's just different, right? Yeah, okay. it's not more or less. It, it's just different. Yeah, you probably yeah, but, give your wife more and then don't tell mom that wife. Got that more. yeah, maybe no. But if you but who do you spend more your, money on? Your dynamic is healthier than my dynamic. Apparently, it's <laughs> just who, who are you spending more money on? It's just different. Bring us the receipts. I'm using. Pesos for my mom. I'm using U.S. currency <laughs> so for my wife. I have to go through currency so rates. It's literally just different. It's just different. What do you, so what do you do? So like true. flowers for mom? You do flowers. Yeah, man. You do flowers for your wife? Yeah, man. Do you order flowers? Here's the real question. This mm-hmm. is for everybody here. Mm-hmm. Do you do flowers from one of those websites like 1-800-Flowers.com? Sometimes or? I do, yeah. They just, talk about price gouging. It's price gouging. I just go to Trader Joe's. <laughs> Nineteen ninety nine for a dozen roses is a bunch of bull because they're like, oh, and then like thirty dollars worth of service che- charges, twenty dollars in processing fees. Later, you're like, how do I get here? Like, it I'm at checkout, the- and like I feel committed. I guess I'll do it. And then you're paying like a hundred dollars when you're like, what? Oh, yeah. What did I just do? Trader, it comes, it comes Trader Joe's flowers. Just yeah. if you haven't done it, Trader Joe's flowers. They're incredible. That is right. You have to get your own He's vases, right. but Trader Joe's flowers. Trader the vase is so expensive. No, you just. Yeah, I mean, I, no, no, go to Hobby Lobby. No, no you can get like a two dollar glass vase. But what you guys, you can go to CraigProper.com you know, and get yourself a nice vase. Ooh, yeah, a you nice can. eighty dollar vase if you're really trying to give her a present. But also, like, there's certain presents you can give your wife that you can't give your mom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> name three. He he's got muted. He's muted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. All it's, right, I I get overwhelmed by the pressure of Mother's Day. Just let it. Let it I go. just want because my issue is I feel so much weight mm-hmm. to make sure that my wife feels as appreciated as she deserves. You should put that pressure on your son. Yeah. Hey, you he's, know what? He's in that. He's in that too young of an element. Like not not no. Because last time he got me presents, it was all the things he wanted. Oh, I love that. Well, age. no, no, no. I mean, like <laughs> you, you help him give the presents, but then you put the pressure on him to show. Uh, okay. To show the yeah, love that's that good. day. Because she's not my mother. You know what she's we do? Not your mother. You know what we do? Foot rubs. Give foot rubs. No one feels more appreciated. Than that is true. Rubs. My wife would love that from Andrew. True. From you. <laughs> from me. I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, for real, I'll be right back. I'm not going to rubber feet though. <laughs> this is weirdly yeah, timed. Just but give right. it quick right. second, the big old toe. Oh, 
Taylor, Taylor, come on. God, man. I thought it was still muted. I thought it was no. muted. <laughs> okay. What's, what's the next one? Let's move on to our next Twitter question. Next we're, question. We're, Luke, uh, can you scoot up just a little? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> sorry. Um, this is a question from at Cody, son of Steve. He wants to know, what is your favorite bad movie? Oh, man. This is hard. So let's talk about some bad movies. Speaking of a bad movie, I watched this weekend. Uh, That's My Boy with Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg. And it was bad. Um, and Andy Samberg's character's name is Han Solo in the movie. <laughs> the uh, Adam Sandler uh, named his son yeah. Han. Pretty Solo much everything. Burger. Everything Adam Sandler does is one of those. He's hosting Saturday Night Live this weekend. I'm interested. to Yeah, watch I am it. kind of interesting, uh, interested in that as well. Yeah. So I've got a list here from the Ringer of the top 50 bad movies of all time. You know which one was a really bad movie, but I enjoyed every second of it that just came out was Venom. Oh, I hated that movie. Uh, I, I had a great time. Did you really? Yes. I, I, I did enjoy it. And I know that it was not good, but I liked it. This one's Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Masters of the Universe. Did y'all watch that one with the old He-Man with Dolph Lundgren? No. You know, nope. I did try to watch a little bit of uh, Creed 2. That one was pretty bad, but it wasn't good. So what was? What about the scary movies? you like any of those? Yeah, I like all those. Those are pretty – I don't know if those are good or bad. I think they're, they're bad. good. I watched they're one. They're bad good movies. They're good bad movies. I think I watched one. It was. I think it was Halloween, uh, The Curse of Michael Myers. I'm not sure which one it was. It's like five or six in the Halloween movies, but Paul Rudd is in it, and I had a great time watching it because I it had no idea he was in it, and he's like the like one of the main characters. I really enjoyed I've it. I've got mine. Okay. <laughs> this is a dumb movie. No Holds Barred. It was Hulk Hogan and Zeus. Do you remember the guy that was Zeus, Tiny Lister, or whatever his name is? He was in Friday. They made a movie, and it was so awful, but I watched it so often when I was uh, younger. Um, Anything I, else? Earn it, any of the Ernest movies I'll watch. Oh, gosh, so good. What's the best one of those? Because Scared Stupid still kind of stands at the top of my list. That's the one. That's that's number one, Ernest. Um, I also really like... Ernest uh, Goes to Jail? Yep, that one's really good, too. That's also number good. two. Con Big Air. Trouble in Little China. Yeah. I'm talking about favorite bad movies. Favorite bad movies. The Stupids? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that one. I like the, the song, I'm My Own Grandpa. I'm My from, Own Grandpa. From The Stupids. Yeah. Demolition Man, did y'all watch that one with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes? No. I don't think it's Golly. I'm older than y'all, I'm realizing, as I mentioned most of these movies. So old. So old. Not that old. God. I don't know. I got nothing else. Yeah, that's all. Uh, But the thing is, too, like, some people think Anchorman's a bad movie, you know? Those people are wrong. But I think those are bad people. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, here's a question from our next and final Twitter question from at ThunderMob405. says, the press at the press OKC has a cinnamon toast crunch cake. Mm. What other cereal would make for a good cake? I didn't know that. It sounds good. I mean, my question is what cereal would not yeah. make Tr- for uh, a good I'll cake? I'll tell you, uh, Trix cake. I bet that's bad. Uh, Schmack's cake. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> Crackling like oat bread. Your favorite thing is schmacks. If, if someone says cereal, I'm Luke's talking saying about, oh, I'm talking about schmacks. It's just because, because you want to say schmacks. Yeah. It's the C-H of schmacks. Is it C-H? No, but that's how I pronounce it. Okay. I think that's how they pronounce it. S-H-M-A-C-K? You know what would be a good one? Cookie Crisp. That'd make a good cake. Oh, you know what else? Reese's Puffs. It's just smacks. Okay. Oh, yeah. Really, you're, you're right. A lot of these, uh, it's hard to go wrong. Lucky Charms? All of them. Ooh, that All would be them. good. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, fine. Like, what, what would not be good? Rice Krispies? No. Because that's Rice Krispies treats, basically. You could just make it treats. Um, hmm, Cheerios? Original Cheerios? Yeah, probably that would be one of them, I guess. I'll tell you what would be a bad one. A bad cake. Life cereal cake. No, Dude, cinnamon life, life. fantastic. Thank no, you. No, cinnamon regular life, is life great. Regular life, corn checks cake. Because be for a cake like you, you put know, like corn checks cake might be good. Yeah, because it's just for the crunch at that point. Same thing with Cheerios. What are they? It's cake. How, do you, how are you making cake out of cereal? Are you crushing it up and incorporating it into the yeah, batter? Exactly. What I you're think getting. that's part of it, and then you top it. You top it. Yep. Huh? And you're making cake like you're going to put sugar in it. It's like you're not going to have non-sugar yeah, cake. The, yeah. So like, like are did, there any meat? Are there any meat cereals that wouldn't be good as cakes? Meat <laughs> cereals? What are you talking yeah. about? Are there any meat cereal? <laughs> are there? Is there? Is there a meat cereal? No. Are there any meat cereal? No. There no. <laughs> Why would you ask that question? <laughs> there are none. <laughs> well, because that would be a cereal that would be bad as a cake. Are you talking oh, about are there, soup? Are there? Any? Yeah, I mean, what what soup would be good as a cake? That's a question. Tomato. Oh, chicken noodle, oh, chicken on. noodle cake. Chicken noodle oh, cake. Good. Oh, what the? <laughs> hey guys, I have one final question for you. But before, stew? before we ask, uh, before I ask that final question, I want to talk to you about Oklahoma Shirt Clam Company. Chowder? Oh my God, Taylor, please. Gumbo cake. Oklahoma Shirt Company, they're the best. <laughs> They have their Oklahoma Shirt of the Month Club. $10 a month gets you an Oklahoma-themed shirt each and every month delivered to your doorstep or wherever you choose for it to be delivered. Say that you're from a different state where you listen to us. What states are we talking about, Jay? Texas, Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas. Lobster bisque. You can get that themed state shirt every month shipped to you still ten dollars just for signing up you get an introductory shirt for free let's say that you get one for your child and they're they're a growing boy they're a growing girl you can change sizes as they grow oh my gosh that's great um support those that support us they can also do uh you know your uh screen printing if you have an event or something they can help you create those uh, shirts. Oklahoma Shirt Company. Support those that support us. Are you miffed and are you peeved? Miffed. 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 Miffed and peeved. I got a flat tire. I was miffed, but I changed it, and now I am the, the strongest man on the planet. You feel so I did it by myself, and I can take on anything, any challenge. <laughs> I'm proud of you. That's good. I was proud of myself. You should be proud. You know, I, uh, I'm still, so just getting back from vacation, mm-hmm. which is actually, it really is my last trip for a while, by the way. I, I just travel. I traveled a lot. There's no way that's there's true. There's no way that's true. <laughs> tra- I'm going to Memphis in two weeks, but that's just a, my son, my that, nephew's graduating. Anyway, that's, so. That's a vacation, my man. That's a trip. Okay. That's a vacation. Okay. 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 So. I should have been an associate pastor. <laughs> 
You're so rich. That's me driving my, driving my Prius eight hours east of here. Anyway, so all I have to say that I left and didn't really have to like follow basketball mm-hmm. once the thunder blew it. Mm-hmm. Man, but I was watching – life just feels – a little bit empty when I watch other teams play in the playoffs. Like I watched a lot of that, the Rockets Warriors games because the Rockets have made me cheer for the Warriors, which is the worst accomplishment of Daryl, Daryl Moore's life is making me hate the Rockets and love the Warriors in the series, but yeah. or the best accomplishment, I guess. But um, it just still, I'm a little, it just makes me feel still a little bit peeved that we're just starting the off season. Mm-hmm. And we have so much content, we have to just find. <laughs> there's going to be what? nine million. Apparently, there's plenty. Nine, yeah, apparently, it's just rehashing the series. We had an argument but, today that lasted 20 minutes. I so. know. But part of it's like, I mean, how long can we talk about potential free agents and draft picks and... Cereal. We do it every year. I know. It just always... Draft lotteries not two weeks. Long. It's been this long. I know, for three, three years. years. Also, we did... Like we had the Paul George free agency stuff hanging over our heads last summer. Summer before, we had Russell Westbrook stuff hanging over our heads. Is Russell Westbrook even going to stay? That was the summer of internal development. You're right. I mean, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Yeah, but the crazy thing is it's going to be a month and a half before. I mean, when is the playoffs over? In June? Yeah, we get we'll get there. Jay, we'll we get, get there. there. I know. Come on, we it's always gonna do. It's going to be a long summer. I'm very upset. We'll get there. NBA draft. It miffs and peeves me. We'll get there. Andrew, you miffed and peeved? I mean, yeah. I don't know what specifically about. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, what about you, man? Uh, French onion soup cake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tortilla soup cake. Oh. <laughs> Beef noodle soup cake. <laughs> Some of these I'd give a shot. I try French onion soup cake. No, you would not. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It, but here's the question: Hey, we're serving chocolate cake or French onion. But but here's soup the question: does it, does it have to be sweet? Can it be a savory cake? What is a savory cake? A cake so made out of French bread? onion soup. That's it's not cornbread. <laughs> it's cornbread. <laughs> it's soup bread. So it's just bread. Savory cake is savory bread. Cake. Savory cake is bread. That is absolutely true. Yeah. See, French onion soup bread, though, that would be good, dude. A little pumpkin uh, pumpkin soup, you could make a cake. That would be good. <laughs> I think I found... You eat pumpkin soup? soup? Yeah, pumpkin soup. Pumpkin, pumpkin soup. Pumpkin soup is pumpkin... Or pumpkin cake is pumpkin bread, isn't it? We call them pumpkin. <laughs> Seafood chowder. <laughs> <laughs>